0: Learn how to teach your dog how to be a service dog.
1: And welcome to From Shelter Dog to Service Dog with Janice Wolfe and Wyatt, who's curled up to be in my studio at our beautiful rehabilitation and training center here in beautiful I'm so excited to tell everybody about our 12 gorgeous, gorgeous little puppies who are just doing so beautifully. And uh, the little little one, who a lot of you have uh, asked about how the little boy is doing, he is healthy as a proverbial horse. He's doing just great. Um, he's definitely not as big as his brothers and sisters, but you wouldn't know that. Appetite like a like a mammoth. So he's doing great, and I hope you are all doing great this week. Well, lots been going on in the news, and uh, unfortunately, it seems like every time we uh, we hear something else about a fake service dog or or about something going on, somebody's getting bitten or attacked by a pit bull or a, or, or a chihuahua or whatever, and, uh, you know, we have to really think to be as guardians for all dogs, I think when sometimes people get a little upset and they'll say, well, we don't like a certain breed, you have to realize that that certain breed um, might not be a problem, but the owners might be a problem. And, yes, there are there are a lot of genetic predispositions to certain things, but, you know, we have to not complain because we, as dog-loving public, have to make sure don't whine and complain and whine and moan and complain and complain about when our neighbor's dog is running loose, because if we have a dog, we will make ourselves so whiny that eventually you'll have politicians changing laws because nobody's going to have a dog. So think twice about that. Try to
2: use a little decorum.
1: Try to, you know, deal with things as best you can and, and work together, because we really all have to make sure that we're together being strong and taking care of our pets so that we don't have the government starting to legislate things. And that's always a problem. Now,
2: there is one
1: kind of cool thing. Um, we had, a, about a year ago, I talked a, quite a bit about uh, people, um, with a couple different organizations that have been founded to provide service dogs, and the third three that we had kind of mentioned um, has now gone defunct. Unfortunately, the people who got service service dogs from the, these agencies uh, received nothing at all or um, received dogs that were subpar or dogs that really were never service dogs at all and had no training, but that, uh, you know, different people um, had pretended they knew what to do and talked a good game and charged, you know, tens of thousands of dollars and all. Well, the last of the ones that we had studied about um, has been now defunct. Yay, praise God that we've got somebody looking out for the little guy. But the other issue is there is definitely a terrible problem of people just purchasing fake IDs and service desks and all kinds of things. Um, they did, in some states, um, put some legislation up for, for uh, votes, and I believe in some states it's legal now, where it is a, a criminal offense claim that your dog is a service dog if it is not. I want to explain why that's important for us not to do. Here, if you go in and you have a dog that you claim to be a service dog and people take that at face value. Now, let's say that dog has a, it looks a click on uh, on something in an airport or in a restaurant. So obviously now the people in the restaurant who may be the owners or the patrons are going to look at that and say, well, gee, that's not a real service dog. Well, maybe this other dog here isn't a service. And also, this type of breed. A lot of times, the breed itself is one that's not very common. Well, you say something like, uh, my my buddy who's got his dog, his name is Riley. Um, you know, his name is Don. He's got, uh, I believe, a Havanese, and a Havanese, does not look like a service dog, but the dog is trained to, um, you know, do special things for him that make him much, much easier to go out in public, and also just all those things that that he needs done for him that the dog can do. But the problem is when people see that dog, and he is very well-behaved, Mr. Riley, but unfortunately, when you have somebody else who's got a dog who is not as well-behaved, um, even if it looks like it could be a service dog, but it's not going to be um, obviously as, um, you know, as, uh, as well-behaved or, or doing what it's supposed to do. Now, when, when Riley Dog goes into a place, people will look and say, well, wait a minute, he does like a dog that is a service dog. But it, it's really not, um, you know, not anything that we should be doing. It, it's not something to mock. It's not a cool thing. Actually, um, once you are used to using a service dog in public, it is the kind of the hardest thing in the world because, unfortunately, um, you can't disappear. You're not uh, ever under the radar. If, if you wanted to not be noticed, service dog is not the way to go. Um, it's... It, very, very obvious. It brings a lot of attention, draws attention to you. And for me personally, um, with uh, our many, many, many uh, listeners across the world, um, you know, I'm pretty visible anyway. So when I've got my service dogs, I'm walking through airports and walking in and out of different places. And, uh, you know, people are like, oh, my gosh, I know you. Now, it doesn't mean that, you know, I'm obviously that I'm, uh, I'm I'm unknown without Wyatt, but it's a definite, you know, it draws attention to you. Um, I was uh, flying out here to Missouri or one of my billion trips out here, and one of the interesting things was there was a uh, new flight attendant or gate person, the crypt keeper, I called her, instead of the gatekeeper. Um, but she came over, and she looks at Wyatt, and she goes, is that a service dog? Like really nasty? And I said, yes, yes, he is. He's on my profile for uh, the airline. I fly. She's um, like, well, he doesn't look like a service dog. He's not a lab. And I just looked at her and I said, well, you don't look like a gate agent because you're a woman. And she's, what does that mean? I said, well, what kind of stupid thing is that that you're saying? She boy, oh boy, she was nasty. So she went over to the other woman who had, this is a flight I take all the time. Um, She went over to the other woman, and the other woman must have said, what are you doing? You know, you can get sued for that. Shut up and just let the lady on. Meanwhile, Wyatt is sleeping. He's, of course, perfectly behaved. But that's what I have to deal with. You know why I have to deal with that? And some of you may have to deal with it Because there are fake service dogs being pawned off by people every single day, and it's wrong. It's like lying and telling somebody you're a
2: doctor and then
1: saying, oh, I don't know how to practice medicine. I was just pretending. It's not a joke. It's really not a joke. And when we have a dog who's in training, a dog, especially in New Jersey New York, the dog is entitled to, um, you know, have the same benefits um, as a service dog who is uh, already trained. We don't need a dog to be certified, but I am absolutely pro certification, not that anything that would cost a lot of money, but there are so many people out there who have um, dogs either from a a non-existent agency or who try to train their own dogs or whatever, and there are people who have been taken advantage of, and there are also people who try to train dogs, what they call self-trained dogs, and they're not dog trainers. You can train a service dog for yourself. Chances are have something that was serious enough that you needed a service dog for. It's not something that you can take any dog, even experts, even people who are great at it, all right? I've trained 1,300-plus service dogs um, and uh, PTSD and companion service dogs. Um, Not every dog can make it. As a matter of fact, it's lucky if one in 100 can make it. And I'm I'm very, very um, generous in that not just a really common thing but for somebody to be able to take a dog and train it to be well behaved, public non-reactive to dogs and animals and children and different situations, Plus, on top of all that, Danny being able to do that job for that person who needs the dog, that is not something that is super common. So, I think one of the important things to understand is that we have to make sure that we're doing the right thing and we're not um, embellishing or, or or infringing upon other people's rights. And um, I'll ramble on a little bit more in a moment. So stay tuned. We'll be right back.
0: Share the amazing stories of shelter dogs whose lives are changed by changing others. <laughs>
3: As a dog owner, you know that dogs can eat just about anything. But when food becomes a health troublemaker or your animal has been on antibiotics or heavy meds or GI issues set in, your animal's gut may be out of balance and needs Goo Gut Rescue. Goo Gut Rescue is 100% natural and veterinarian prebiotic and probiotic formulated to rescue your animal's gut from bad bug dominance. Remember, your dog's total health begins with gut health. Don't delay. Visit GooGutRescue.com.
0: Share the incredible process of shelter dogs whose lives are saved and are saving the lives of special needs children.
1: And welcome back to From Shelter Dogs to Service Dogs with Janice Wolf and Wyatt. And of course the old shout out to my good buddy Cam and Miss Mona Lisa who is one of the most beautiful little basset hounds you'll ever see in your life. She's just adorable. And uh, also, I want to put a shout-out to the future Dr. Jody Joseph, who is just an incredible person and has been helping us. We're going to be doing uh, some research with our cancer and disease
2: detection dogs
1: at uh, one of the top Ivy League um, colleges in uh, vet schools in the country. So it's very exciting stuff going on. We want you to be a part of it. You can always check out our website, www.merlinskids.org. That's M-E-R-L-I-N-S-K-I-D-S.org. And you can check out all the cool stuff we're doing. And, you know, one of the interesting things is I, I found out, I'm not going to tell you how many people uh, actually listen to uh, my show, but I was absolutely blown away. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually it was last week, I was uh, down in Aruba working with an amazing rescue, and we're going to have them on our show either next week or the following week, and uh, they have some really cool puppies that are born that are sterile puppies, and it's amazing to see how quickly
2: these puppies
1: can be changed using the NCBR methods. Um, my method Natural Canine Behavior Rehabilitation. It's so cool to see these puppies literally change in, in days where they change almost immediately, but then the dogs, the puppies are actually able to go on to do all kinds of amazing stuff, like we're talking incredible stuff. And and the NCBR is an awesome way to do that because it, it focuses on the natural instincts of a dog, and um, I've written quite a few books. Um, and my good friend, Temple Grandin, today, and I had a long talk, and um, she is, trying to uh, help me get my next... My name is Wyatt Book out, which I'm very excited about. She's awesome. And uh, one of the things, though, is that it's so important is we don't really realize, some of us, and I don't mean you because you guys are here listening, but we don't realize how important it is for us all to spread the word about the power that dogs have and the incredible things they can do. I'm not going to tell you too much about Aruba, but I will tell you when uh, when we have them on the show because it's pretty incredible how we can change the world just or our little piece of it just very easily by teaching the children and changing the way the children think. And by changing the way the children think, we are able to change the way the adults think and the world will be someday. So help us to make this a better world and a better place where animals are respected and dogs are respected and, you know, people in general just are, you know, not fighting and not infighting and all that. It's, um, it's just a great thing. So what we're going to talk about today is a little bit more about training your service dog. So let's say you do have a dog already. You have your rescue dog and you're trying to choose a really good dog to be a service dog, let's say, for your child or uh, perhaps for yourself. And you don't know where to turn. Well, uh, shelters are always a great place. However, the problem with shelters is you usually don't have a big history on them. So, sometimes it can be a lot easier for you if you're able to go directly to a rescue group. Let me explain. Some of you might not know the difference, and it's surprising how many people really don't know the difference. Um, A shelter is basically a place for my good friend, Lauren. Um, A shelter is basically a place where it's a repository, if you would. It's a a catch basin. For dogs who either had owners who didn't want them anymore or for strays that didn't have an owner come forward for them, Um, and those are the ones where typically the dogs are at a higher risk of being euthanized. Even a no-kill shelter, and, and you'll see groups like PETA who say that, oh, we're fighting for the rights of animals, and I may be off on this, you can check it, but I believe that uh, PETA's last uh, estimate was that 98% of the dogs that came into PETA were euthanized, and 2% were adopted. Uh, Those were the last statistics that I saw. And the problem with that is, because even a no-kill shelter will say, well, of healthy dogs, adoptable is the key, adoptable dogs. So my idea of adoptable as the CEO and founder of United Canine Professionals is a little different than most people would think. I can take almost any dog. The only problem is going to be if the dog has either genetic malformation or a, a issue in its brain or a chemical issue that's that serious. But most dogs can be rehabilitated. Ninety-nine percent plus of all dogs, if not more than that, can be rehabilitated. But you, as the average dog person, dog lover, going into a shelter and having that chance of being able to find that perfect dog that's not only going to be the best dog in the world, but that can be non-reactive to children, cats, kids, uh, hospital, uh, mm-hmm. nursing home, stairways, squirrels, Um, things going off, noises, smell, rain, whatever it could be, they not only have to be non-reactive to all those things, but then they have to have the aptitude to actually be able to learn how to do a skill in the middle of that. And that's where it's maybe one in 50 or one in 100 dogs maybe has that ability to be like a good therapy dog. And of those, and I mean a legit, well-behaved dog that's not reactive to anything, and of those, maybe one in fifty might be a good service dog. That being said, out of the four million dogs euthanized every year, if we have four million dogs, and of four million dogs, and let's say one, even one in a thousand, and it's, it's a higher percentage than that, but let's say it's one in a thousand, that's still four. Thousand dogs that could be, you know, and that's in a, a one in a thousand. Four thousand dogs who would be able to be excellent service dogs that are being killed every single year. Okay, now four million out of those four million dogs euthanized probably another eight thousand or. Maybe even 80,000 could be good therapy dogs because a lot of therapy dogs, that they can have a little more exuberance and they maybe aren't great with other dogs, but they're not used together. Ours are, but most of them aren't. But let's talk about that now on a different level. How many of those 4 million euthanized dogs from shelters could be good pets? Probably 3 million of them. Maybe they have behavioral issues, but hey, who's perfect here? Who doesn't get a pimple? Who doesn't have a stomach virus? Who doesn't cry too much or whine too much? Who isn't too short or too tall? Who has the wrong color of hair? Who looks scary or funny? So, really, does it matter what each of these dogs um, has wrong, as long as somebody is the right person for that dog? So, let's say that probably a million out of those four million maybe have aggression issues. And okay, let's let them go, even though I don't agree with it. But that means there are three million dogs just in the United States alone that are euthanized every year. That could be providing, we said, four thousand service dogs, highly trained, perfect service dogs. Maybe eighty thousand therapy dogs that could be used to help hospitals or, you know, reading programs in libraries, and three million great pets who are being euthanized every year, just in this country alone. What's wrong with us, the United States? Come on, guys. We don't let that happen. We go everywhere in the world, but we're not taking care of our own pets. And that's a problem. People don't think about it. People don't say, hey, I'm going to go and, you know, go rescue a dog, because what they're thinking silently is I'm going to go rescue a dog that somebody else dumped. But chances are somebody dumped that dog for a reason. We're going to talk about those reasons in a moment. Stay tuned.
0: We'll be right back. Learn how to teach your dog how to be a service dog. New Vet Plus,
4: your pet's best friend. New Vet Plus is an immune system builder that is safe for all NuVet Plus, your pet's best friend. NuVet Plus is an immune system builder that is safe for all stages of your dog's life. Helps eliminate most issues, including allergies, scratching and itching, hot spots, arthritis and joint issues, chronic ear infections, tear staining, lack of energy, digestive issues and so much more. All natural, manufactured in an FDA-registered human pharmaceutical lab here in the USA using ingredients sourced in the USA. Nothing artificial, no sugars, wheat, corn or dyes. Never heat-treated to help retain all the natural rich ingredients. Comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and is only pennies a day. Call us Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time at 1-800-474-7044. That's 1-800-474-7044. And tell them you are referred by All Paws Pet Talk Radio. Or go online to www.newvet.com. That's www.nuvet.com. Use order code 33955. Again, www.nuvet.com Order code 3395. Put your pet on the path to good health.
0: Share the amazing stories of shelter dogs whose lives are changed by changing others. And welcome back to... From shelter dogs
1: to service dogs, with Janice Wolf and Wyatt. Well, we're going to talk about how to re- how to fix and repair the issues that are so common that people do dump their dogs in a shelter or let them run free. A lot of it is very regional as well, meaning mm-hmm. when you have, let's say, New Jersey. We take really crazy good care of our dogs. It doesn't mean there aren't people in New Jersey who don't take good care of their dogs or who are dog fighting, and we have those for sure. But for the most part, the culture in the Northeast is one very much of taking care of the dogs as a family member. Now, the problem is when you have different regions of the country or other countries, We can't get angry at people for having a different way of looking at things. So it's not that other areas are wrong, that they're not taking care of their dogs properly. It's just a matter of how the animals are viewed. What we want to do and what you should all do is help me, help us, to change the way people think about animals in general. We have our vegetarian people. We have our vegan people. We have our pescatarians, We have our... You know different types of you know I only eat this I only eat that and that's a personal choice. But taking care of an animal properly is not a choice. That's a responsibility. Now my good friend Temple Grandin and I was talking to her today and she is uh, getting helping me get out my my name is Wyatt Book. So to add to the uh, the stories and the and the different books that I've already worked on, um, including happens S-H-H-H, Happens, Dog Behavior 101, which is a great stocking stuffer at $10 um, that you can get on Amazon. You can actually have a download on it, and it's a great book. It goes through all the different things of how dogs think, and uh, you get once in, in 15,000 reviews, you get somebody who who thinks uh, I'm somebody else, and sorry, I'm not anybody else, and I'm not a dominance theory kind of gal. Uh, But dogs do what dogs do because they're dogs. And yes, dogs are pack animals. Dogs will tend to go together. And anybody who's ever seen uh, out of this country, when you see dogs, they will congregate because they live in packs, they form in packs. So you can say whatever you want to be a smart mouth, but quite honestly, dogs are pack animals. And that's the way it is. Like horses are herd animals. They like to get together. Both and both types of animals, not all, certainly, hunt together. Humans, even though some of us may be a little more antisocial than others, like like an occasional person may be, but we need each other. We need each other to survive. That's how groups of animals and groups of humans have survived for the last, you know, umpteen thousand years. And that's what's very important to understand. Dogs are pack animals, and because they are, Are looking for somebody to be in charge, and if you're not in charge, your dog is going to do that job. So, you know, we can say that we're debunking a myth that, like, oh, there's no such thing as as dogs in packs. Oh, that's ridiculous! I mean, that's so asinine. I, I can't even, I mean, that is so funny. Because I was just down in Aruba, and one of the problems in Aruba is you have these wild dogs that are feral. They form a cat, they have groups, there might be anywhere from 3 to maybe 15, and they run around, sometimes they're animals who are owned, and sometimes they're, and they are animals who are uh, wild and feral, but they are all animals, and they do join together
2: in a cat.
1: Now, in Aruba, most of the dogs are, now I won't say they're all friendly, but many of them are somewhat friendly, at least they're not they're But we've all heard stories, and I know um, a very good new good friend of mine um, in Aruba was attacked by a pack of dogs not too far from her house. And a lot of those dogs were owned by individual people, but they will they will pack together. They will get together with other uh, canines, and they will form groups or bands or packs. So yes, they're pack animals. Now, in the wild, who would be the leader? Would it be the weakest, frailest dog? Of course not. It would be the strongest dog. It would be the fastest dog. It would maybe be the male who was the most large or dominant or whatever. So, yeah, that's really how dogs are. That's how they see themselves and then they see us as an extension of that. So, if we have our pets and we have, like like I have here, I have pretty fair-sized of beautiful dogs, ranging from Grand Champion, Rudy's, and back down to just these cute little mutts that I, I seem to acquire. And the great thing about them is because they're dogs, they all have the same way of thinking. Now, does that mean that they all act the same? No. They don't challenge? No. Does it mean that they have the exact same way of moving and going and doing? No. But what it does mean is they understand things on a very different level, dogs understand things because they're dogs, and I always say, dogs do what dogs do because they're dogs. Dogs are not cats. Dogs are dogs. Dogs are not chipmunks. Dogs are dogs, and yes, they are cat animals. So that we have to body slam dogs down, but it also means that dogs will hunt by sense of smell. They will eat by sense of smell. They will breed and procreate sense of smell. They will find food by sense of smell. They will know where they rank by order by sense of smell. Everything happens by their sense of smell. So how do you teach a dog who might think he's in charge and maybe he is in charge, how do you teach him that the food that he's eating has maybe got somebody else's smell on it. Maybe he's lower down in the pack because somebody else ate first. Very simple. And I've had call it revolutionary, mesmerizing, and all great adjectives, but it's just so simple. Now for years and years we've all heard people say, "Well, you got to touch the food so they know it's yours." Well, what does that mean? You touch the food, you put your smell on it, and the dog knows that it was yours. Or it belonged to the dog. Well, that's what I'm talking about. But sometimes it's inconvenient to put our smell on food. And we might not only have to put our smell on but maybe other dogs in the neighborhood, other people, other neighbors, people coming in, cats, whatever, a bunny rabbit. And a dog will think like a dog thinks. So the dog comes in and he smells his food that has the smell of somebody else on it. And he knows instinctively that, oh, somebody else was here first, therefore, they were higher in the pack ranking, if you would, or they were more important in the family because they got to eat before I got to eat. This is something that the police force and my husband, who's now uh, retired, but was a captain uh, for, for 20-some-odd years, he has known. And he's the guy who started all these canine units up and down these they used to put the smell of the handler on things, the smell of other handlers, of other animals on things to make sure that the dogs knew that it, whatever didn't belong to them, but that they were only finding what belonged to somebody else. It's a very fascinating um, way of, uh, of understanding dogs, and it's the way dogs are. So stay tuned. I'm going to come back in a moment and go through some more things. I think you'll be fascinated. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
0: Share the incredible process of shelter dogs whose lives are saved and are saving the lives of special needs children.
4: For your dogs, running beside your bike is more rewarding canine exercise than any walk. It's also more dangerous. Until now, introducing the amazingly stable Bike Toe Leash, the only safe dog biking attachment approved by the American Pet Association. The Bike Toe Leash installs in seconds on bikes, trikes, power chairs, and mobility scooters. No tools needed, and dogs learn it immediately. With a Bike Toe Leash, both dogs and rider can enjoy fun recreation anywhere, no matter what your ability level. To learn more and order your Bike Toe Leash, visit biketoeleash.com. That's Biketo-leash.com. bike Bike tow leashes are made in the USA and ship worldwide. That website again is B I K E T O W L E A S H dot
0: com. Learn how to teach your dog how to be a service dog.
1: And welcome back to From Shelter Dog to Service Dog with. Janice Wolf, and it because <laughs> he Wyatt. So we're talking about how to teach a dog that things belong to you in a way that the dog naturally understands. Now, I've got degrees all over the place, from university and master's and then working on the and all that. And, and I've been ever, ever, and all the time I've lectured at, at mom, the and Rutgers and, um, and some of the others, uh, Cornell, Vets, and all with the different animal behavior uh, classes and, and master's programs. One of the things that's always fascinating to me is that people don't know, they think they know, but they don't know what they don't know. And people don't really know how dogs think like dogs. in the same way as uh, when we go to a party or we go to a restaurant claim it's table so that people know it's ours, what's the first thing we do? We pick up the napkin and put it over the back of the chair to show somebody else, hey, that's my spot. Don't take my spot. Or we take, um, maybe we take our sweater off and we put our sweater on the chair. Or we take a glass of water and we move it. We do something to show, because humans are so darn visual, want to show others who might come up after us that, that belongs to us, and don't take it. So how do dogs do that? Well, dogs will do all kinds of things. They can range from gross to funny. It's ranging from peeing on things. How many times have I had a client whose dog pees on their motion pillow or pees on the briefcase or pees on another dog's bed? Well, that's why dogs do that. They do it to deposit their scent out of dominance to say, hey, that's mine, and don't you forget it. and put it on the back of a chair, we can do similar things with a dog to teach the dog that, hey, buddy, uh, somebody else was there first. And if somebody else was there first, and that means it's not yours, it belongs to somebody else. So what do we do with the dog? We can do to put our up And other people, as well, is take a paper towel. It's very easy to do. Just a dry paper towel. And just rub it on your hands and maybe on your arm, and uh, just get your stuff on there. Take another paper towel and rub it on, you know, whoever else it is, a baby, which is a great one. Um, The cat, another dog. And and please use separate paper towels so it's not getting gross here. We don't want you to rub the the, the paper towel first, rub it on, you know, on the dog and slime and then, you know, put it on your head. We're not looking to do that. But we do want do that and to take those paper towels and take this stack of paper towels and just basically put that into um, you know, into a Ziploc bag, you know, like a, a plastic bag that is sealed. All those smells will kind of talk together, kind of like what I'm um, doing, the cancer and disease detection. We're collecting smells and then the dogs can tell if this person has a cancer or a disease based on what the smells are. Same thing, if I can train dogs to find cancers and diseases, which is one of the many things I do, and our organization Merlin's Kids and United K-9 Professionals does, you can do with your dog on the dog's food. You take one of the paper towels out, you can either put it in the bag of food and seal it up, or you can just put it in each time, put it on the bottom of the food bowl, put the kibble in there, please don't add water or buoy food yet it in for about five minutes Pull the paper towel out, stick it back into the baggie, the zip bag, and then what you do is just put your food in, whatever you're going to eat, you know, get the dog, you know, whatever, and that smell of you, your husband, your wife, whoever it is, your kids, the cat, the baby, the guinea pig, uh, whatever else, those so, smells will be on that food, and that dog... Being a dog and not a stupid human who doesn't understand the concept, the dog will say to himself as he's smelling, and you'll see him oftentimes smelling, to smell all the different smells that are on there, hey, I must not be in charge anymore because look at all these others, um, you know, who ate the food before me. So in nature, if, if we all went hunting and we caught something, who would eat first? Of course, the leader. Whoever was the leader would be the one who ate first. After that, so let's see. the leader is going to eat it. The dog number two comes in. He smells the leader's smell on um, the food because the leader eats first, and he eats his fill or sheep. And then the third one comes in, and the third one smells the first and the second, and then they eat. And then the fourth one comes in and smells dogs number one, two, and three. That's what they do until we get to the bottom of the pile Where you might have the weaker ones all coming in and grabbing a a little piece of food and running away with it, which can actually plague them into adulthood. But that's what dogs do. And no matter what stupid people don't understand how dogs are, dogs are dogs. And, you know, we can argue and complain and say, oh, well, that's not how dogs think. Okay, what makes you an expert? You're not a dog. And, You don't know what you're talking about. So the key is dogs do what dogs do because they're dogs. And if you watch dogs, and I don't want to say dogs in the wild, but if you watch dogs left to their own devices in a doggy day, go and you have a daycare. Isn't there always that dog who hunks everybody or jumps on everybody or steals the, 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 the toy or is a little bit of a problem? That's because in that group of dogs, He is the leader. And if he's the leader, then that's what he's got to do. That's what his job becomes. It's not difficult. It's so easy to look at dogs and understand that they're doing things from nature. So what we do is by putting that paper towel in, that's one of the many things that we would want to do, that he's not in charge because others have been before him. That's why dogs go up to fire hydrants, and they go up to the fire hydrant, they smell the fire hydrant, and they pee on it and think to themselves, ha, now my pee is the strongest and it's higher up than anybody else's. You'll see female dogs, dominant female dogs, will actually lift their leg like a male to urinate. It's crazy. They do it because they're dogs. So the same reason dogs go to a fire hydrant or a tree have to try to get that last little drip of pee out of them onto that item or that tree or that fire hydrant is because that's what dogs think. Dogs think, aha, I have to go pee on that because I have to show everybody that I'm in charge. That's why dogs do what dogs do because they're dogs. So there's a lot of talk in that segment, but I really want understand that if we listen to how dogs are and we watch dogs, watch the dogs in Aruba. Watch the dogs on an island.
2: You know, the dogs who are,
1: um, you see, watch a, a group of dogs playing. Watch dogs play whatever it is. And when you're watching them, you'll see how they interact. And there is definitely that path order um, I don't believe in flipping dogs and, you know, being fooled. And certainly there are people in this world who are very, very rough with dogs. Um, I've got two dogs out at my farm here who were completely messed up by a local guy in New Jersey who thinks he's a dog trainer. And both of the dogs are extremely great aggressive and, uh, I mean, they'll nail you. They're good dogs otherwise, but because this person thought he did he knew something, he was gonna I'm gonna be training dogs and he you know, basically stole thousands of dollars from these people and the people both of them had to get rid of the dog because the dogs were were hard. Now I'm keeping up because
2: I can manage
1: them, but dogs have issues, deep
2: keeping issues.
1: So please don't pretend you have a service dog. And by all means, please don't call yourself a dog trainer if you don't have a lot of experience and what you're doing because you're doing a great disservice to dogs. Well, stay tuned. We'll be back for our final segment in a moment.
0: Share the amazing stories of shelter dogs whose lives are changed by changing others.
2: Hey, pet lovers, listen
1: up. Purr Spray Pet, all-natural, non-toxic spray for all of your pet problems. Proven safe to use for their skin, eyes, and
2: ears. Helps calm and heal wounds, hot spots, insect bites, and lots more. Will not sting and very safe to use even for your feathered friends.
1: To find out how you can keep your pets happy and healthy, go to purrspraypet.com. That's P-U-R Spray Pet perspraypet.com Or call us now at
2: 386-310-3924
3: When it comes to health expenses, dog owners have it rough Now, thanks to veterinarian and dermatologist Dr. Kristen Holm Your dog can be goo-healthy There's Doggy Goo to fight environmental pet allergies, Goo Gut Rescue for rescuing your dog's gut health, and Goo Silver, a broad-spectrum supplement for the special needs of your senior varsity dog. So visit HealthyGoo.com today or call 855-246-2426 and your dog can be Healthy Goo healthy.
0: Learn how to teach your dog how to be a service dog.
1: welcome back to From Shelter Dogs to Service Dogs with Janice Wolfe. Well, thanks for listening. We've got some really cool things. And of course, we've got a couple of more comments, but then we've got our question of the week. And uh, this is always a great question to get, so I'm going to share that in a moment. I just want people to know that if you have questions, if you want me to answer any of your questions, you can to copy of my my latest book, which is my favorite. It's called Shhh Happens S H H H Happens Dog Behavior 101, which you can actually download right this very minute as soon as you stop listening to my show. And you can get it on Amazon. You can download the free Kindle software, which is really cool and very very easy for you. And the book Shhh Happens Dog Behavior 101 will give you not only a very detailed genetic background on why I don't like to have these designer disaster dogs and what happens, it also goes into puppy development and stages of development and what not to do at certain ages. It goes through nutrition in detail and how to choose a good food for your dog, whether it has a behavioral issue or not. And then... You're also going to have a whole chapter on the rules and learning how to have your dog respect you and love you. There's a chapter on connection, on understanding why you can't yell and scream at your dog and why you have to do certain things to ensure that your dog trusts you and loves you and respects you. And of course, talking about your energy and the purpose of what is the purpose for you in in that leadership role. Why do you have to be driving the school bus? If nobody's driving the school bus, your dog might say, Hey, I'm going to get in the bus driver's seat. But if you're driving that bus, if you're in charge, why would anybody want to take over? And sometimes when we have a weak energy because we're not feeling well or we lose somebody, this past week I just had to put my trooper to sleep, which was horrible, my troopy, to man. And um, he was just the best, best dog in the world, but he was an autistic dog who started me um, probably not caring what bit me and how badly because he was autistic and was extremely aggressive. Um, nobody would even touch him um, besides me. So, But he was my buddy, and he, he lasted nine and a half years, and uh, I had to put him down, and it was very, very hard, but I feel like he's in a better place right now, and he's my little Chupy the man. So here's a hats off to you, Chupy the man. You got your wings, buddy, and I hope you fly high and have a normal life where you are, buddy. So, let's go right now to um, the question of the week. Um, this is a very, very um, interesting question, and um, hopefully be able to answer that. And it pertains to our training for Merlin's kids for the service dogs and the court and also for the Natural Canine Behavior Rehabilitation Certification. Well, let me explain to you a little bit. Um, the, the question is, in generalities, and um, what the different things are that The thing is, the natural canine behavior rehabilitation, which is NCBR, which is my technique that I've honed through 35 years, starting when I was probably about 17, when I started at Columbia University, started studying animal behavior. But I've been one of those people, like many of you, who has been a lifelong since I was a little, little kid. Um, loving animals, horses, dogs, kitties, squirrels, chipmunks, birds, whatever it was that somebody couldn't keep, I would take and I would nurse it back to health and then I would give it a home.
2: And, um,
1: natural canine behavior rehabilitation is the the way dogs actually act. Um, my good friend, Dr. Temple Brandon, um, who I was speaking with this afternoon, was She's great and she wants me to write another book um, besides like a follow-up on the canine behavior because it's really important for people to understand how dogs think. If you understand how an animal thinks or a person thinks, then it's easier to deal with them because you understand why they're doing what they're doing and you don't get, you know, first of all, taking things, especially we ladies tend to take things personally. So if we're able to teach the dog. And we know that when the dog does a certain behavior, that we know what we have to do to um, kind of counteract that behavior in a gentle, kind way. Um, If you don't know how to do that, then you're missing training opportunities. You're missing opportunities to teach that dog uh, a new way of thinking. Now, not every single dog in the whole world can be rehabilitated. I've had four out of about 27,000 dogs that had either issues that were so serious or had, um, two of them had inoperable fungal plaques in their brain that they got from a dog park that they inhaled, I guess, mold spores, and, and uh, the mold spores went into the sinuses and it went up into the brain. It was so sad. Two dogs infected in uh, within a couple weeks of each other. Occasionally, we get a weak-nerved German Shepherd um, that's from the German breeding that has uh, the genetic screw loose Um, There are certainly pit bulls and there are certainly chihuahuas and there are poodles and there are almost every breed. But most of the time that we can fix those. Now, what we do, though, is we don't go in thinking that training a dog, I should say to sit, means that the dog is not going to have a behavior. If your dog is jumping on you because he's being dominant and he's trying to get higher up than you, and you tell him to sit and you give him a cookie, you're not telling him not to jump. You're just making him sit for a cookie. And as soon as you don't have the cookie, he doesn't listen to you anymore. And you look at him and wonder, why not? Why isn't the dog listening to me? Well, because he's looking at you as a baby chain. He's looking at you like a, like a little kid looks at a rich parent. Ah, oh, that's where I get my allowance from. If I, just, if I just sit here long enough or if I do something bad, He'll give me money to go shopping, or he'll give me a cookie to shut up. So you're actually rewarding the exact behaviors that you didn't want, but you're not thinking like a dog because you're human. So our training course for the natural canine behavior rehabilitation—you have to apply for. We have—we just had almost 300 applications because we didn't have a summer class this year. Uh, we decided to take it a little easy. You had a lot of travel this year, so. The Natural Canine Behavior Rehabilitation, you can go on to www.united, the letter K, the number nine, pros, P-R-O-S dot com, or unitedcanineprofessional.com, either one will take you to the website. On there will be an application. You fill out the application. Please fill it out completely and, and try to make it as detailed as you can. You're competing against a couple of hundred other people who also want to get accepted to our classes. We usually accept only about, out of 150 to 200 average that we get per quarter, we accept 12 to 16. So it's a very... And we have a lot of good applicants, so it's very, very difficult. So put in an application and make sure that you put some detail into it, put why you want to do things, and then follow up on it, like a college application, because if you don't follow up on it, then do we really know how interested you were? So that's important. The natural case behavior rehabilitation, you can actually get certified. It's a very detailed training process. There um, is the, about a six-month period where you're actually training, and then you have hands-on that can last for anywhere from three to four months, all the way up to a year, depending on how much time you're willing to put in and how many classes you're able to observe and how much uh, time and how many hours you're putting in at your local shelter or rescue. That's a great thing, and it's a great career Um, We get protected territory, so you're not competing against your other teammates. And we do uh, once or twice a year, we do our national convention, and then we do other training um, in the in-between time. Very fun thing. Really cool. Great way to have a great career that you love. The other part of it, which was the other second part of it, is the courtroom cortisol dog training, the school training, and the private service dog training. So, yes, we do offer classes for individuals who have a dog that they'd like to train to be a therapy dog or a service dog. But I'm just going to warn you, most people who come to us, their dogs are not good Not that they're not good dogs, but they have so many things. People say, oh, but he's so sweet. But if he's sweet and he's dumb as a rock, he's not going to be able to learn a task really sweet, but he's aggressive with other dogs and cats and kids and is afraid of things with wheels, he's probably not going to be a good therapy dog in a hospital. We do. One of our um, very, very experienced team members will uh, will evaluate your dog, and you can make sure that it is that. But the other ones, the courtroom dogs, the cancer detection dogs, the school dogs, that is all through Merlin's Kids. You go to merlinkids.org. On the Merlinskids.org website, you'll see where it'll say um, interested in training and certification. You click on that, and then you'll be able to find therapeutic facilitation, behavioral intervention, uh, courtroom cortisol dogs, all the different things we do, and the cancer and disease detection dogs. That will all be there. You have to be tested. We're going to ask for backup documentation, and there is also going to be um several uh, people will be uh, during the interview process there is. So you're going to have to um, put a little time into it, but it's so rewarding. And the best graduate, you will have a skill that nobody else has. It's just such a beautiful thing to be able to show the rest of the world these amazing dogs and our amazing team members who are truly changing the world. And we're saving the world two lives at a time, Merlin's kids. So, if you need us, you have any other questions, you can call us at 855 Hi Wyatt, 855 H I W Y A T T. Hi Wyatt, who is linked right here in my studio in Missouri. Unfortunately, it is time to go. Thank you so much for all of you for being here, for spending this hour with me, and take care of your dogs. Try to be more patient and tolerant of other
0: people. Let's change this world together. Have a great week. Learn how to teach your dog how to be a service dog.